0: KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup, exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conference's finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. Really excited about this week's episode with Denon Kemp. Denon is the founder of Bloke in a Bar. He's a former NRL player for the Brisbane Broncos turned media mogul with one of the biggest podcasts in Australia, Bloke in a Bar. As well as that, Bloke in a Bar Lager is now the official beer sponsor of the Dylan Friends podcast. Bloke Lager is a smooth, crisp, easy drinking lager, not too hoppy or fruity, made as a perfect beverage after a hard week of work to sit back and watch the footy. We chat about Denon's transition out of the game into new media and starting a thriving beer brand. I learned a heap from the way that he conducts himself. He's an absolute workhorse, That learned to succeed, you have to go all in. It wasn't always smooth sailing and there were setbacks along the way, but after you listen to this chat, I'm sure there will be a fire lit in the belly. Definitely took a lot of lessons out of his story and I'm sure you will too. If you want to try Bloke in a Bar, head to the website at www.blokeinabar.com to find your local retailer. If there's nothing nearby, you can head to your local retailer and ask them to order in a bloke in a bar direct from ALM. Drink responsibly. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears.
1: Tears. Tears. Tears, Strength.
0: I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the Olympics?
1: <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. Like, is how could this sit meditating? It's
0: like. We <laughs> had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's love it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like- <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Denon Kemp, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friend. It's been a long time in the making. Absolutely fantastic to be here. We're in the bloke in the bar studios, which might I had is. Second to none, my friend. So thank
1: you so much for having me. Mate, it's, uh, it's an honour to have you in here. And it's an honour to be sitting on the other side of the, the table. What's also strange is for many months I stalked you on the top podcast list. Um, and I kind of had a sense of knowing you before actually speaking to yeah. you. So I guess this must be how chicks feel when they get stalked on Instagram. You're yes. you're the chicken in this scenario.
0: Yes, and uh, Morris Adamo, it would have been hard for you, and, and easy as well, because when you sort of see the charts, Dylan Friends number one, mm. you, you're sort of going past it every day yeah, to I don't sort of call happening. <laughs> but um, it's like I love
1: the fact that you're ambitious. That's, that's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, we'll cover that <laughs> all to today. Fair, though, to be fair, currently number one on Spotify, Spotify. is Dylan Friends. Number two is Bloke in a Bar.
0: Spotify is my main one. I, okay. I shoot everyone out there these days okay. because it's
1: it's actually a good
0: topic in terms of podcasting, and I know a lot of podcasters listen to your show and mine always asking advice mm. there's no right link to do you know i've tried link tree giving them three i think just going hard at one platform is the best so i share everyone spotify apple and android both have it
1: that's mm. the reason i do it a lot of people are so it's good to answer that question yeah it is interesting I, I, to be honest i i just put them both up um because i feel like I don't know, I don't want to alienate certain people. You mm. know what I mean? I don't want people, oh, fuck, where's the Apple one? Because that's just more que- more headaches for me. Yeah. I, whenever I put something up, I'm like, hey, what's the least amount of headache with questions that I'm going to get with this? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like if I put up Spotify, I guarantee there's 10 messages saying, where's the Apple one? It's yeah. like, bro, it's where it's been for the last five <laughs> Same years. Same place. Um, but no, you're totally right. There is like, for example, even like even very simple things of like, you know, who do you use to host your podcast? I, I use Libsyn, I'm not sure if you use them. I but use Wooshka. Wushka, apparently yeah. they're really good as well where you yeah. can like change ads post um upload so like there is um there is a technical side that seems deep that isn't that deep and i think that's like a hurdle for a lot of people that do want to get into podcasts they think that they go to Libsyn, for example and they're like what the fuck is going on mm. and they just like give up or whatever yeah um even the setup of all of it. i honestly reckon if you go on youtube just for one day you'll have it sorted and then it's just repeating it
0: youtube is like i i know you're a big man on youtube you love youtube but i come from the ilk of i was never a youtube kid per se you know how people grow up watching youtube and i know it's big in the u.s and kids these days absolutely love youtube if you have a question type in how do i do this on youtube there is like the most in-depth tutorials that Mm. you could go to harvard uni Mm. and they wouldn't teach it as well anything you want how to light a room how to get the best audio? What's the best mic to use? You know, I started my vlog last week. What's the best camera? I watched probably sixteen hours worth of vlogging cameras. You wanna ask me about vlogging cameras? Oh no, I'll tell really? you. Sony ZV1, that's
1: the best one. Yeah. Okay. David okay. Dobrik uses it. We got yeah, we got sv one two of them at my old studio. They're um, unbelievable, they're fantastic, and I found it on YouTube. Top ten. You just look up top ten 2021 cameras. Yeah. get Your answer. Done. Um. Yeah. no, nah, YouTube is um, it's such a good place. Like. I, I've built computers from YouTube. My whole career is on YouTube pretty much in the sense of like from the get-go, that's all I did was like how to start a podcast and then it was like what, how to hook a podcast audio interface up. Then it was like, how do you edit? And it's all there. And the best thing about YouTube is you can pause it, like a lecture you're sitting there and it's just like go and you got to write down notes and then you go back to that note and you're like man, I do not even know what that says. Whereas youtube you just pause it you put it in practice and then you keep going and the good thing about youtube even these days is they've even got it broken up you can put the timestamps on know. it and you can learn each spe- like
0: specific step. So, skip so good bro so good um and i think that's why when we get along in our short friendship uh is the fact that we come from that same milk you know we've had a quite a similar story um but also not so similar in terms of you know sporting transitioning mm. out having passion about you know storytelling and so many things. But first, what I like to do in my podcast, as you'd know, being a big fan, is I like to talk about how we first met. Mm. So as we said, that was probably through the brink of COVID. We were just on the phone chatting, mm. reaching out. I kid you not. And I said this to you. You emailed me, I reckon, I think it was either late the last two days of the year or the first two days of the year mm. in 2020, 2021. And I was, I had in my notes, reach out to Den and Camp really? and chat about yeah, that podcast. Because like, I was like, look, here's a guy doing the same thing I'm doing mm. in a different sport. In in a, in a business that no one really knows what the fuck they're doing mm. But sort of you can learn off everyone you know, I, I caught up with the shameless girls in Melbourne um, mid that year and it's changed the way I look at it as well mm. And it's just so good that and I think in Australia as well We don't utilize each other enough, mm. you know, you sometimes you look at people you go Oh fuck this guy, you know, he's a competitor, but it's mm. not you're actually in the same yeah. um building but In saying that we reached out we had a chat then I came up here a couple of weeks ago yep. um, for, you know, when we finally decided to, to, to catch up and it was, it was a tough day for me. <laughs> it it <laughs> looked like a tough day, that's for sure. And I'm apologizing now. So <laughs> to give context, you know, Denon and I have obviously got the partnership now with Bloke in a Bar Beer, um, Bloke in a Bar Podcast and Dylan Friends and pretty big thing that's happened in my life, mm. you know, like big occasion yep. and unlike me to try and fuck that up. Okay. <laughs> so I've come up to Sydney on, on a wheel, 24 hours notice, yep. come up. Yep, perfect, coming up. We're doing a big media day. And stupidly came up a day early. Probably should have just flown up on the day. Came up a day early, caught up with um, a couple of friends mm. and had a few drinks and ended up having a few drinks. Yeah. And I don't really remember what happened next, but I remember waking up the next day thinking, I've got to go to this shoot to meet Denning Kemp today <laughs> and I can't get my head out of the sink. <laughs> I rocked up, was really confident that my act was gonna go well telling you that I had food poisoning.
1: (laughs) I would have believed you. I'm a trusting kind of guy.
0: I don't think you would have. But it was a it it was a funny one because it was probably the best way that we probably could have met because uh both like us with a beer company, rocking up
1: not being able to really put two words together (laughs) was actually worked quite well. And also like being former athlete, it's kind of like, well of course you got in the beers with the boys. (laughs) Like of course you went out and nearly ruined your whole life. Yeah. You know, of course, this huge opportunity that there's never come before. Hey, never. Let's ruin it. <laughs> Let's just fuck it up. You know, like it's, it's almost poetic. It's almost poetic, really. It couldn't have started better. Exactly. Cause I was like, is he really a sportsman? That's what I was asking myself before <laughs> you walked up. And when you rocked up with bags hanging down your knees, under your eyes, yeah. and smelling of fucking rolled in gym beam and fucking whatever else you drank. Like in a bar. Like in a bar, yeah. obviously. Cause it's at every single pub in the, yeah. in the entire yeah. world. Um, I knew that's the guy I need as a part of the team. And I felt that's really... That's the guy I want to part- yeah. Our first big partnership ever as a company, that's the guy I'm going for. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I,
0: that doesn't make me feel any better. Um, but no, it was a great day, mate. We had a super day last week launching it and, and I think it's gone really well so mm. far. So we thought, look, let's do a podcast. Um, you've got an incredible story, so I want to get into that today. Mm. Um, the only thing that was a little bit funny as well while we are in here last week was the fact that you... Sat down and asked me if I had any highlights on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube again. And like no, I was like, I yeah, you, I've, got a, I've got it, I've got a I couple that highlights. Question, I
1: kind of felt like you threw no, it. No, no, no.
0: You, you said, like, yeah, I got I got a couple highlights, obviously, I got a couple highlights. Maybe I was
1: drunk because I don't remember you me asking you that.
0: My highlights are in like one minute. There's so there's like 10 one minute ones. Okay. You've obviously gone together and collated all yours. So we were watching like a one uh, minute one of mine. I don't mine, remember that either. And you did an eight minute version of your own highlights <laughs> that I had to watch through the whole time.
1: <laughs> it's, it's weird how like <laughs> Memory is different for different people, eh? It's very strange. Because, like, I recall, and I, I feel like i got witnesses could back this up, that Dill was the one saying, put me highlights no. up, <laughs> have a look at how good I used to be, how good I could have been, talking 300 games, but he didn't feel... Honestly, this, is, this was a chat, really. Could have been a 300-gamer, but I feel like I'm already an MVP at content, so why would I keep doing the footy stuff? That's fair. Um, then the highlights came up, and... I don't know why someone else put on my highlights thing. <laughs> and that's the end of the story really that's the real reason
0: i've brought this up is i'm like <laughs> i want someone to make collate all my
1: info all my highlights <laughs> and i want an eight minute version instead of just eight like eight-minute version them all together so hopefully do that to be fair that highlights packages bit for me has been up for like 14 15 years yeah th- 13 years which is showing my age um and it's all from one year so like one year wonder really to be honest it was
0: Pretty good (laughs) highlights, mate. We'll get into it now. Now, early life, mate, before bloke in a bar, Mm. before the, uh, I won't say entrepreneur because I know you don't like that word you are today. It was sport. Mm. You're a soccer player, Mm. Gold Coast. Uh, What's the transition like there? So you're playing soccer, just growing up, loving it. And now, you know, fast forward into two, three years later, you're actually lining up with the Broncos in the NRL.
1: Mm. Well, it it all happened kind of relatively quickly in the sense that I was lucky that I'd grown up with the same group of mates so you know when you grow up I'm not sure if you did but I went to primary school and high school with the same Mm. group of people Um, when you grow up with the same group of mates regardless of what sport you play they can they can they know whether you're a good sports person or good at or whatever so they were aware that you know I was really good at soccer and I was really uh, you know a good runner um, for my age and so I'd gone to nationals and won the nationals for 800 and won state for like sprinting and everything. So I, I, my whole life was sport. Like I still did school, I, my dad was is a very educated man. So we, I still did school, but at the end of the day, like from five years old up until I quit pretty much. I mean, it still is sport, but it, it was all about sport. So regardless of what sport it was in, I was definitely always gonna be a professional athlete. Um, but I just never thought I'd be rugby league because even as a youngster, I was like man rugby league it's just brutes running into each other um it's there's no kind of skill involved and i was really focused on soccer it wasn't until grade 12 well actually grade 11 i was asked to go away to confraternity with the the year 12 side and in rugby league and so the, the funny thing was that i this is how much i didn't really enjoy it and i just did it because my mates did it um as in like just because my mates asked like it's not like i played at school 8, 9, 10, 11. Like, rugby league wasn't even a, um, wasn't even a subject at our school. You couldn't even do it. Uh, and also, my mum and dad wouldn't let me because if I got injured for soccer, because I'd have to go away for nationals or whatever soccer that year. Anyway, so year 11 comes around, and that group of mates, they knew I was okay at footy. So they asked me to come, and I, I lied and said, um, No, I've got my 1,000 ex misses ago. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I've got nationals for soccer. But really I actually went and saw my ex-missus and the confraternity happened to be on the Gold Coast anyway. So I'm walking from her place with her to the ice cream store. A bus <laughs> drives past <laughs> and it's the confraternity rugby league team that asked me to go and that I said, No, nah, I can't go, I've got National Soccer. And they're like, You're a fucking dog, cat, fuck you. Came out the window and I was like, Oh fuck, being strung. So the next year came around, and I couldn't lie again, but they, they would be, you know, onto it, but also like the next year was my year as well. It wasn't the year up asking me mm. to play. Uh, so what was funny is that so my he was my best mate when we were really young, and then um, and then he was actually a bit of a bully actually from fucking year six onwards. Um, but he it was weird like he would bully me and then it, then we would fight and then he'd bully me and then we'd fight. Anyway, so it was like a really weird relationship. He was like the cool kid, but he was a massive Broncos fan, and so we were in a, a good phase at this point um and and he basically sat me like we were all sitting at a table and they're asking me to come like and i was like man i've got national i I actually had nationals in two weeks anyway so he goes to me mate i promise you if you go to confraternity the broncos will scout you and this is a diehard broncos fan like he can tell you fucking everything so he knows he's a young we- kid though yeah we was we we're year 12 at this year time. 12 so what 16 17 yeah and he goes he goes, I promise you. And, and that's where a lot of our issues came from, is that he loves sport, but I was the one that was good at it. So mm. every time I'd go away for nationals, he'd come back, he'd get all the boys together to bully me. We'd punch on with him or a few of his friends. Then it would simmer down. That's why sometimes violence is the answer. Honestly, <laughs> sometimes violence is the answer. Um, i tell you what, if my kid's getting bullied, I'm telling that guy that, like 100%. Because like, I, I was always taught, turn the other cheek, be good, so good that eventually they'll be nice to you. Um, and so with him, I was always like, I'll just keep being nice, keep being nice, and it never worked until we punched on, and then that would like, release the tension, anyway, he said, um, if you go, I promise you, you will be signed by the Broncos, guaranteed, and I was like, oh man, I guess, and every single other mate around the table, um, that was his crew, because um, I didn't really have a crew really, to be honest, it was, as I said, I got fucking bullied all through high school, all his mates like, nah, like, bro, you're really good for us, and you're a really good athlete, like, just mucking around with us but..." you're not as good as the guys that are actually in the systems right now. And they rattled off a few guys like Darius Boyd, Stephen Michaels. They were the biggest guys in Queensland at the time for rugby league. Anyway, so I I was like, well, I can't even afford to go. So the school actually helped fundraise a bit of money to help us go. Um, We went up there and we were in the B comp. So the B comp is like, just low it's all just for fun. It's there's no high quality the the A comp is where you've got guys that are signed to all these different clubs and everything. Anyway, I ended up winning player with the most potential and I was sick at the time when the scout pulled me out and said like you've won this award. I was like real crook. So I got the award in front of everyone. And at that time you weren't allowed to speak to other clubs if you're contracted to a club. So he said to me, "Look, if you're contracted to another club, we'll stop speaking, but just so you know, player with the most potential, you can come to our we want you to come the prize was to come to a development camp and the development camp is one underneath the elite camp. So the development camp is for like, out of 100 kids, maybe one will get pushed into the elite camp. So they won't won't play in a role, but they'll get pushed anyway. So so a few weeks went by, I went to Nationals for Soccer um, and then my dad called the Broncos and said, my son doesn't play rugby league, so we're not sure, you know, what you want him to do. And he was like, what do you mean he doesn't play free school or doesn't play club? He's like, no, no, he, he's a soccer player. Like, he just went to Nationals for soccer. And so they immediately called back after speaking to Wayne, and they're like, we want him at an elite camp in like two or three weeks. Went to the elite camp, um, just had a crack, seemed to go okay, and they just put me aside after it, and they said, we want you to be a part of our under-19s Broncos squad. So I went back um, to my family, told them that they wanted me to be in the under-19s Broncos squad, and that's when we went to the Queensland... So I was with the Queensland Raw for soccer, which is there in the mm-hmm. A-League now. Mm-hmm. So I was... So at this point, I'm 16 years old, and I'm in their reserve grade side, opens reserve grade side. So obviously, the first grade side went into A-League. So I'm, you know, on the path... 16, in but in the twos. It, yeah, 16 yeah. reserve grade, which is like, where all the state... The nat, play, people that make nationals and that, that's where you'd want to be. But even some guys that made Queensland weren't in that reserve grade side. Anyway... Um, so i went to the queensland raw they said look you'll play Ailey in about two years but obviously the choice is yours whatever you want to do because i said the broncos are interested that's when afl found out about it um they found out about a kid that you know was had the ability to i don't know change sports or whatever and they the brisbane lions sat me down um two scouts from the brisbane Lions sat me down and said look if you come with us we promise to train you full-time for six months fast track you to the draft and give you the best crack at you know going at the draft and that and at this point my dad is like a die-hard afl fan loves afl um and so like it was hard because like i like i wasn't super interested in afl just because it's not big in in queensland but also like I, I just rugby league not that it was easier but it was as long as you were physically and mentally tough you can get like you can get through a lot in rugby league as long as you can get through the mental side of it um, and the, the brisbane broncos it's like you know what's the biggest afl club collingwood it's richmond like yeah richmond or collingwood coming to you as a 17 year old saying we've got a contract for you here, easy decision and and yet afl you've got to go to the draft so yeah. fuck, you know you might not even get you might a millionth draft or whatever it is anyway um so it was they're the biggest at that point like they've just won a bunch of premierships um they're the they're actually the time that they signed me they were the number one sporting brand in the country regardless right. of sport the Brisbane Broncos. Um, it wouldn't be like that now. I'd say it'd be in, I'd, I'd say it'd be like Collingwood or something like that now, or Richmond or whatever. Um, anyway, so it was it was a hard decision, but it was an easy decision because like the Broncos are already interested. I don't have to go to a draft. Like I'm already in that system. I was getting a bit over soccer, and also my brother had gone over to England, um, and he had been offered a contract from Nottingham Forest for soccer. And so my plan was always to go over to England for soccer. But when he went over there, he got homesick. And he came back, started studying uni and ended up becoming a doctor. But I'd kind of seen him do that and I was like, well, if he's not over there, then I'm not – like the plan was to go over there with him. So that was another like, oh, maybe you know, maybe that's not the way to go. Anyway, so I decided the Broncos and, uh, yeah, rocked up. A week before I rocked up, I didn't know how to tackle. So we got our old sprinting coach to get my brother <laughs> to run straight at me and was teaching me how to tackle. And my brother doesn't know how to play footy either. So he's just getting – he wasn't getting smashed because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to tackle. Um, And so I rocked up and when I first rocked up, I was supposed to be with the under-19s. When I first rocked up, they're like, oh, actually, no, you're with our reserve grade side. We want you with our reserve grade squad. And the first session we did like tackling on the pads and like this is just warm up. Like it's not hard. They've got diamonds on. It's not hard to wave up. I did two tackles and I had to stop because my shoulders were cramping because I had no muscles (laughs) there. Um, And yeah, the rest was history. That brings back some really vivid memories for me
0: and this isn't to do with anything, but something that I've tried to block out of my brain was my first... (laughs) Pre-season session with the Giants in yep. Sydney. So obviously, being a you know league-dominated state, what the fuck do you do? You want to get better at tackling? Let's go get a league tackle coach in to come and teach us how to tackle. Mate, we used to do these two-hour sessions, and we didn't even tackle each other. We used to put our foreheads against each other, and it was like about strengthening your neck. Yeah. I got my had migraines for six months. Like, it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And then we'd get into the wrestling. Then we'd get into the, you know, sumo, where you're pushing each other out yeah. of the square, you're doing this wrestling, you're doing this stuff. It Mate, NRL um, league, sorry, tackling, if you're not brought up with that, I don't think you can really get used to it too quickly.
1: No, it's it was, I just, uh, it, people always say like, oh, will you rattle, will you this, would you, whatever. But you know that young naivety and confidence where you're just you just think, you think you're invincible. Mm. And, and it wasn't like, I've, I'm sure there are some people when I was younger thought I was cocky, but I was never a guy that I was really, and I still am, I'm really confident in my own ability. But I feel like cockiness is when you're really confident in your own ability and you're bringing other someone else down. So yeah. it's like, it's like saying, I'm really fucking confident, I'm fucking better than you. I think like that's cockiness. Whereas confidence for me is like, I'm not sure what, what you are, but i'm fucking, I'm confident i can do what i can do kind of thing and that's it's what also like. one part i absolutely love about that it's it's entitlement mm. and i
0: spoke about this on a podcast with chris judd who is one of the best players of all time mm. and he has a really interesting point on that and it's so similar to that and i've it's changed my whole opinion on this mm. because in australia you know you don't want to be cocky because it's you know not the right thing to do yeah. it's it's seen as arrogant mm. and and whatnot but we, t- we spoke about entitlement and how bad entitlement is And you know People say You know These kids these days These millennials They're so entitled They want things They want it now And mm. they want it ne- they want it right here It's like Well It's actually not a bad thing To be entitled If you've done the work Absolutely. And if you believe in yourself mm. Like If you've Done what you've done And you've put in the work And you know If you've done this And you've built this whole company You should be entitled Because mm. you've actually Put the work in To to get to where you are Absolutely Entitlement's only bad When you haven't done the work And mm. you want to be Somewhere where you're not Yeah and I think
1: it's, it's where, where the entitlement falls. Are you entitled before you have it or entitled after you have it? That's a fine line because you nearly, you nearly need to be entitled to get to be
0: entitled, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah, um, fake it
1: till you make it sort of thing. Yeah, oh, you need that, that kind of like that naive confidence. Mm. Like even with starting the company, you know, if I looked at all the stress I'd have to go through before it, it'd be a much harder first step. Whereas like you have that naive like, I can do this, I can mm. do this. But yeah, I I do think there's a a huge difference between um, working. We we used to call in rugby, uh, rugby league, earn the right, earn the right to say whatever you want to say, and that's why, like, for example, at the Broncos, we were like, it was one of the most toxic changing rooms ever, in the sense of like, not toxic in a negative way, but we had so many of the best players in the country that even if you were a rookie, that had killed it. Here's a perfect example. My debut, um, at the time, I ran for the most metres of the modern era of rugby league for a debutante. Um, Scored a 75-metre try that was like the second or third best try of the year. So it was like a a great debut. The first thing that they said to me when I walked off was, you won't be playing first grade next week, just so you know. And that sounds really mean and harsh, but it's all about like you haven't really done anything yet. You know, you've got one good game under your belt. That doesn't mean anything. Um, And so it's similar to the... Just because I played one good game doesn't mean I'm entitled to rock up, rock up the next week and get that position. And um, and yet, a veteran can play a bad game, but he's in if he's been playing for fucking 200 games, he actually is entitled to that next game. Yeah. And so I feel like the entitlement where it lands is really important. If it lands at 200 games, that's a little bit different. If it lands at fucking one or two games, I think um, that's an issue. But yeah, I, I've got no issue with someone being confident as anything but as soon as they feel like they're owed something without having to earn it that's when i'm like you know what like you just you you just you're so replaceable
0: everyone's replaceable always and i think that you know this isn't just league afl nfl anything you know one thing i was always big on with when i left footy was the fact that i'm so grateful for the opportunity Mm. it's not you are not going to be missed and i knew that straight away like I played 39 games at my first club do you really think that they're gonna be fucking crying about me like when <laughs> yeah, i leave like 100%. no one gives a shit yep absolutely. and i saw that you know it, it actually hit me the most in my first year when you know you it's your first year in a system you're so used to the list and you're like oh god this is better it's gonna be like us us 44 forever you know like something fucking fantastic yeah cut nine blokes you're like oh it's gonna be so different next year a week goes into the next year you're like who the fuck are those blokes i don't yep. remember anymore yeah, like it's crazy. it's Just keeps wheel keeps turning keeps turning and i think that a lot of people, you know, we'll talk about transition later out of the game, but that's what I feel like in in some sports, people leave sport and they think they're owed something. Mm. That sports actually given you the platform to bounce off and do what you do next. You know, yep. like what you've done, you know, post your career now. Mm. Um, it might be a little bit different with with league, but I feel like especially in AFL, the support we get. Know, through the afl players association and the afl i think it's set we were chatting last week about this i think it is set up a little bit better than league and the mm. support networks are there but in footy you are really given every chance to succeed and it's like you want to go into a sport yes to have a good career mm. you want to come out a better person as yeah, well and absolutely. that was always my biggest thing um you know my father had, had just an incredible career um in footy but I never wanted my sporting career to be like the highlight of my life, Mm. so I was always thinking like, "Fuck, what's next?" You know, I want I want my life to go like this on a trajectory, not like down. Yeah, being like, "Fuck, mate," I didn't want to be that bloke in a bar per se. The bloke in a bar, the negative one that's sitting in a bar. He's good too. Yeah, he's he's still a good guy. (laughs) He's still a good guy, but he's you know talking about, "Ah, you know, I could have done this, could have done that. Yeah, that's not what I ever wanted to be. Mm. Um what's your views on that? How, I suppose, look, fast forwarding your career, because we had, you know, we, we spoke as you, you were the Broncos. Um, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit later, cause I feel like it comes into the story of lessons learnt mm-hmm. in footy. Um, how did you transition out of the game? If you can give us a bit of a recap of the next, you know, period of time to then when you finished, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was kind of like I quit and that was it. Like I didn't, um, the thing is like I'm sure if I reached out and asked for support, like there would have been support there mm. um and, but that's the tricky thing with these these situations is that when your mental health isn't good, you're not going to reach out um it's tough you know you can't expect you can't expect these huge corporations to keep tabs on every single player that retires and they all they can really do is like set things up that so if you need help it's there like it's, it's a really tough one, Like, for, but there have been examples with footy, where with rugby league, where the, the game hasn't reached out to certain big profile people and just said, you know, there was a commentator that had been commentating for like 27 years, he got the sack in COVID and like his um, company and the NRL didn't even reach out and just say, hey mate, thanks for fucking, hope you're all good. Mm. Um, so in those situations, I think, you know, the game can be better, uh, but but in saying that, and I said it to him when he was on my podcast, I said, you know what, mate? Like, I know that you you want those people to reach out. But at the end of the day, and this will be the same with AFL, AFL and NRL, they're actually not the game. The people are. Mm. The people are the game. And the people said thank you. And the people said they miss you. And I think um, sometimes we get caught up thinking that, especially the NRL, like in my specific case, like NRL is incredible. It's what it's done for me in my life. is incre- The opportunities I've been able to get. But – NRL is not rugby league, rugby league is the people. So I think when you start to realise that, um, you know, the people around you rather than a corporation are the people you've got to lean on rather than relying on some external thing that, you know, doesn't know that you're struggling or whatever. So, yeah, there was real tough times after footy. Like I absolutely struggled, struggled with identifying like my whole life I was an athlete. From as soon as I could remember that I was thinking, I was an athlete and so disassociating from that identity was really tough like even even to this day i still consider myself a footy player Mm. even though i'm not haven't played in years and so it's it is really hard to come to grips with what is my purpose if the one thing i've been telling my whole life is the reason why i'm here i'm put on this earth to be an athlete um and so yeah it was really tough I, i did a trade for about three years i just because you know it's the right thing for a man to do is go out get a job make sure that you can support your future family or whatever. I had no passion for it, no interest in it whatsoever. I always had a passion for content, but, man, this is like six six years ago or whatever. So to get the confidence to do it, then also my mental health with everything wasn't going so – health wasn't going so good. Um, and then, yeah, for a few years I was working um, in an above-ground mine uh, and then, I, then they moved us to a coal terminal. Um, but when I was working in the above-ground mine, I was – every day I would be saying to the other people, you know, the other workers around my age, um, there's got to be more to life, guys. There's fucking got to be more to life. I'm sure I did their heads in. Mm. But they were also feeling the same way because we would look at the older guys and some of them and and all they did was complain and they weren't happy and and fair play to them. They were only there because they're trying to support their families. You know, the amount of men that I I reckon are clinically depressed if you actually got them in with a therapist, but they sacrifice themselves because they know that's the only way their family is going to be fed. It's crazy. It's kind of like this this untalked about sacrifice men make. And I'm not comparing it to other sexes or whatever. I'm just saying like this specifically, like, you know, I know know every sex has got their problems. I'm not sitting here saying one's worse than the other. I'm just talking about my experiences with men. Um, And we just always said, I don't want to be that, man. I don't want to be rocking up to work. Just complaining and whinging like i've got to make a change but then i was like yeah but every young kid says that and then they have kids and then they get the weight of responsibility under their on their shoulders and so you say that at the start before you know it you're you're, you are them um and then i was also i would sit at work every day freezing so Marulan is in between canberra and sydney and because of the wind chill like this could be wrong might be an urban myth but because (laughs) of the wind chill it's the coldest place in the country because it's like apparently on top of some fucking like whatever, the, the um, ranges or whatever. Anyways, because it's a wind chill, it's, it's freezing, bro. Like, so we had to use to work in full balaclavas, like triple layered up, gloves, glasses, everything, hard hats. Um, and, and I remember sitting there like I would envy the older blokes that would rock up and when I would say to them like, is there something like, you know, is there anything else you want to do? They'd be like, yeah, you know, just rock up, do my job, go home, it's all good. And I started like envying them because I was like, I wish I wasn't thinking so much about everything. I wish I wasn't sitting here going – what about this what about that i wish i just like rocked up and yeah whatever content with wife life and so that's when i was like i got to do something or I'll, honestly I would, I would wake up and i would sit at the end of my bed and go i hate this like there's got to be more to life It'd be like four in the morning just like fuck. there was never a second on my job where i was like this is enjoyable anyway um i saw so it's like i just want to do something i don't care if it doesn't work i just want to try just give it a crack and so it was actually 2012 where i initially wanted to make a youtube channel Wish I had it now. I would have been fucking loaded. That's a long time ago. 2012, yeah, was was a
0: video game channel. Imagine how big That's, that'd be. You'd be like Gary Vee talking about his wine channel. Bro, a video game channel. 2012. In 2012, I was 18, and I don't think that anyone really was even doing YouTube or like in Australia. In don't Australia, get, you know, yeah. Obviously, in other countries, they
1: Bro, were. Anyway, but I didn't have the guts. I like I fully set up the second room for it. I talked about it to my. X X X X X, X misses. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's another podcast uh, in itself. Left, left yeah. Left. Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird. It's like I've had so many ex-missus, but you know, when I got to like thirty, I'm like, man, I'm fucked. I'm so fucked. And then, boom! Just when I give up and all hope is lost, I legit find the perfect chick. It's fucking mental. It's her birthday works. today, too. It is her birthday. Happy birthday, darling. I'm working on your birthday. I'm so shit. sorry. It's my fault <laughs> too. <laughs> I'm working on your birthday. Sorry, baby. I you. <laughs> i will take him out to dinner tonight. I'm not that bad of a bloke. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I, I set up a second room. Actually, I haven't told anyone. I set up a second room and I was going to use that as the studio for it. This is 2012 um, in Sydney and when I was living in Cogra. And and I'd, I even got the graphics together. It was called uh, Draylo TV and the, the – the, the, um, the line was more than a game. Um, and it was like an angry emoji face with like steam coming out his ears. So embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's got you to hear though, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I reckon it's a cool slogan, more yeah, than a game. I like it. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I would like edit. I mean, please, I, I'm sure it's on private now, but I would edit like Starcraft videos together and everything. No one knew that I had this passion. Not even my missus. She didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Um, and then so I just let it. You know a quote that sticks with me, and it's my favorite quote of all time. It's um, most men live lives of quiet desperation, and it's just like so well, wh- true. What do you take out of that? Most men live lives. You have these of dreams quiet. inside you yeah. that just you don't tell anyone. You don't you don't put them out there. You're too you're too afraid to do them, yeah. and also responsibility. Oh, that, you know what I
0: mean? I feel I got goose like I seriously do get goosebumps with that because. Not trying to make this about me at all, but I think there's relatable. This is with mm. our relationship. There's so many different things and, and same little nuances in, in similar moments. But the other day, you know, I was, I was talking to you about my vlog that I'm starting. And initially I was like, oh, you fucking loser, man. Why are you doing this? You know, you're such a loser. Like mm. everyone's going to think you are the biggest loser in yep. the world. And then I was like, actually, I had this thought when I started the podcast. Mm. And I had the same thought. And look, I'm here now. 100%. So I was like, every time I get that thought now, I go to it. Mm. I'm like, I've am i got to go to it. Mm. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think a lot of people, and man, I'm not a philosopher. I don't have a degree in mental health. I don't have a – I fucking know nothing. Mm. All I know is what I've been through. Mm. And I look at my uh, my story, your, listening to your story then, chatting to my friends about their story, and there's a common theme that when you go through those moments those crucible moments per se that you know you're working in the mines doing uh, the apprenticeship you look back on that and you think fuck without that I wouldn't be where I am now absolutely and I think that's why when I chat to people and man I'm not saying I'm in, I am in. I always like to put, you know precursor to this saying I'm not where I want to be yet you know I want to be higher than where I am that yes I might go down but I might go back up again mm. but take satisfaction out of sometimes being in a shit spot, mm. because you know that something good's coming from it if you act on it.
1: Absolutely, I, I, I'm always of the mind um, there actually is no mistakes. You know, whatever it is, let's say let's say you're a brickie and um, you go into content creation, and content creation fails, and you go back to being a brickie. Most people will take that as like, oh, I failed, I fucked up. But think of all the skills you learn. As a content creator you learn to edit you learn what works what doesn't work you learn about lighting you learn about videos you learn about what to wear what not to wear um you learned about how to upload things you learn about how to upload podcasts you learn how to um put music in the right spots so let's say you go back to uh, being a brickie you're actually a better brickie than you were before because if you become your own brickie you can have you, you do the marketing for free you can take care of all the marketing because you know that now so i uh, uh, the same mindset very similar um and also, I had the same the same doubts as well. Like, oh man, what are you doing that? Like, when Blok and Bar really kicked off was when I fully put myself forward mm. and brought my personality in. Another quote that um, kind of backs up the last quote is, if you truly ask yourself, truly, what would you do if you couldn't fail? That's what you should be doing. Mm. What would you, because a lot of people they'll they'll balk at that. They'll be like, oh, oh, well, I'd be um, you know maybe I would be CEO at my job or whatever. But you go, but. If you truly couldn't fail, like let's say whatever you decided to do, you could be an astronaut. Like tomorrow that's what you are. What would it be? You'd be surprised with some of the answers. They're so different to what the first answer is because mm. you actually sit down and think about like, okay, if I couldn't fail, like and – and a lot of people just assume that they're going to fail, that there's just an assumption. Like, for example, I can't be a movie star. So I'm not even going to bother with it. Like how many people out there want to be movie stars? And I'm, I'm not saying everyone can be that. But what I am saying is if you ask yourself that question and you be really honest with yourself, you'll be surprised at how far away the current field you're in is to the field that you want to be in. And don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those, you know, fucking people on the internet, entrepreneurs of positive no, speak. Yeah. None of that nonsense. Because I understand that life throws responsibility on you, that kids, jobs, that bills, forces you down down a line. But I just think that you've got to at least ask the question so that you're aware of, you know, okay, I am going down this route, but maybe I could, you know, just just do a little bit of research into something that I, I might want to do or whatever. Um, and so every time I do stuff now, even now, I still struggle with confidence. Like I'll be about to put a post up, it, I, I always struggle with confidence with posting and, and podcasting that. Whenever it's me putting myself out there, yeah. whenever it's like putting someone else's snip up, or snip it up or their episode. Um, it's easy. I'm like, this is a great snippet, bomb straight up. Um, and so it just took it, honestly, it took years for me to gather the confidence to go, you know what? Like, and this was before most people listen to podcasts. Um, yeah.
0: Hello, my beautiful friends and
1: family. Guess what? I
0: am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy. As a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names, not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Maddie Lloyd, Lee Montagna, some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance... To draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Erin down, enter now at the thecarltondraft.com.au. That's the au. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks for during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conference's finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. To do it. Mate, let's go back then. I want to actually break it down in this context. So 2015, was that when the locker room started? Yeah. So the locker room... Was your first podcast that you did? Mm-hmm. Um, which in 2015, you know, obviously that was. God, people know I'm not good at maths. So I really fucked one up the other That's week. Six years ago? At six years ago. That, that took me nearly six seconds to work out. You know what? It might even be seven. Cause like, oh, the, fuck. I don't yeah, know. let's That's just. Shit. We might edit this. Um, that took whatever time it was. Yeah. We don't have to edit it. Let's <laughs> have, <our mistakes. laughs> Let have our mistakes. We won't edit it. We won't edit it. you want to spray <laughs> us, it's all right. We, made a <laughs> we love it. <laughs> um, uh, that was when. That was really new 2015 that Mm. that you know that no one knew what a podcast was then um you've come up with this idea you're starting it talk us through the early journey of it and then when did you start going fuck i could be onto something here
1: um well it was so even at the early phases i was aware that the audience or community wasn't ready for podcasts yet and so i focused more heavily on the snippets um, and if you wanted to listen to the podcast, it was there, but I didn't actually really push it. Again, this is confidence, you know, like who's going to want to listen to an hour long of me and someone else talking or whatever. Um, so the first few years, even though the podcast was there, there, there was no real push behind it. There was, um, it was more like, you know, four to five minute snippets. Well, initially I started like two minutes and then it grew to like three to four minutes. Um, and then it was, I did that, I was working full time um, in a coal terminal and doing that on the side for maybe a year, year and a half. And then uh, an advertising, so place, a place called Moneyball approached me because like, it was so new in the space, there was no one else doing it, like literally no one else. So you actually got the attention quite from a lot of people, because a lot of businesses, because they're looking for cheaper ways to get mm. in on a community. Anyway, so they contacted me and, um, and yeah, they, they offered me enough money to be able to do it full time it was only like a three-month contract like it wasn't like fucking a sure thing It wasn't a lot of money either um but i was like and everyone was i was like i'm that's it i'm doing this full time and i was in my third year of my apprenticeship every single person was like and uh, that, uh, rightly so like they just meant trying to be care about me But they're like don't finish your <laughs> apprenticeship finish your apprenticeship and i was literally like i would rather die than keep doing this job like yeah. i genuinely like i can't keep doing this it is I'm so depressed I'm so fucking sad every morning like I can't keep doing this I don't care what I'll go pour beers at a bar if I have to like anyway so I quit my apprenticeship everyone said I was crazy um but even then like it wasn't it still wasn't a sure thing like it wasn't just like quit my job and then it was sweet like there was massive up and downs even as late as like two years ago you know like we were sponsored by William Hill they got it bought out by BetEasy and then it was real messy like you know, the contract was there, and technically, you know, we should still be working together, but you get bought out by a new company, the old stuff gets moved on. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like a, a slow burn, I guess. It wasn't until probably two and a half, probably two years ago, where I was like, you know, I want to take the next step to being an online sports network. Like, I always had the plan to hopefully be an online sports network, but I just hadn't, I just needed to build that foundation, build that foundation. And then eventually, I started. Um, doing, like, score updates, articles on people, funny stuff in rugby league, funny stuff in sport, MMA, um, boxing, everything. And, um, and yeah, that kind of garnered a different type of audience. They didn't necessarily all listen to podcasts, but they were aware that, you know, I exist or whatever. It, it's really only been the last 12 and uh, probably 16 months where I've actually really pushed a podcast because I've felt um, – the community's ready for it like people know what podcast now it's still tiny compared to what it's going to be but i just feel like it's a lot more mainstream now so you know you've got to decide where do you put your hours do you put it in short sharp content that a lot of people understand or do you put it in the longer form content um or do you split it between the two so for a few years it was in the short sharp content um now and then for then for the last you know 16 months it's been short sharp content but also podcast um and now we've I've obviously got help so that, that helps me with the longer form stuff
0: one thing i picked up on that i love that you said then about when you're working and you're nearly finishing your um apprenticeship be mm. like fuck this i can't do it anymore i've mm. got to quit and you quit one thing i think that i've learned through this whole period now when i finished footy i didn't choose to quit okay it wasn't my decision got sacked mm. but it was i was going to anyway if mm. that didn't happen okay i wasn't going to retire i was going to quit um just because I was like this isn't for me anymore I'm so fucking unhappy mm. you know even in a sport like that I was like I just can't do this it's not me mm. but I think a, a big thing with some people as well sometimes and again we're not trying to give life lessons but sometimes you have to put yourself under that pressure mm. you know of like not having something absolutely. and you would have been yeah. like fuck I'm all in now yeah absolutely like I actually can't not fuck up yep. like and it was the same thing for me when I finished I was I went into doing radio and I was learning that and I was like, this is shit. Like I really hated it. Like Mm. I was really, really done, but I was like, I can't quit yet because I need to do this. And I was like, you know what? I'm living at home with my uh, Mrs. Parents. Mm. My bills are at a minimum. I've cut down everything. You know, I sold my, you know, my car. I got rid of my car, got rid of everything. So I had no loans. Mm. So I was like, no matter what, I knew what I had to get by a month. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to go fucking just do this because I need to. So, there is ways you know i'm not saying if you have three kids you can do it but yeah. it is one of those things you put yourself under the pressure to get to where you are and that's mm. why
1: you've probably done what you've done yeah i and i also think that sporting confidence that you get from playing sport your whole life of like just having a crack yeah. just just fucking take that step um i think that also you've got to you've got to be honest with yourself of you know if you're young and you don't have kids you should be trying anything you can. You know, like try anything you can. Just ha- just have a crack. Just just because you've got the ability to do it. That's where I, I feel not sorry because obviously they got kids. It's a beautiful life, or whatever. Yeah. But it decisions become much harder when you have a, a wife and children or whatever, or a husband and children to make these calls. So like, if you are thinking about doing X or Y, um, do exactly what you did. Sit down and be like, okay, get all rid of your, all your loans if you can, and just just have a crack. Like just you'd be surprised at how much opportunity is out there if you just put yourself in a position to do it. So, mate, you've ticked the locker room, you've
0: built up the community at Bloke in a Bar, which mm. is, talk us through how big that is just at the moment. You've got the Facebook page, you've
1: got the podcast. Like, it's, it's a big network. Yeah, so I think we've got about 185,000 followers on the Facebook page, um, about 154,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and then with the... Uh, the podcast we get about three hundred and ten thousand downloads a month um, how many episodes do you do a week Two, two a week but that's just gone up to um, two a week but that's just gone up to like you know four or five but we, we, the, the last month where it was two a week was 200 300 about three hundred ten thousand downloads um, obviously it's going to increase dramatically mm. you know with these because we For sure we've got the f- uh, the beers and footy which is us watching footy um, then we've got the locker room where I sit down with a guest then we've got a preview and review. So basically, like, we'll move into the territory of a network. Like, if you you can just come to us and you get all your footy content, obviously people will consume. But that's another thing. It's like I used to think, oh, man, I can only put out one podcast a week. And now people are like, mate, need more. Like, I've got, the, you know, I want to sit through. I want to have something each day to be able to sit through while I go to the gym or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's just going to be so interesting to see where yourself and, and, and I go over the next, you know, it's, it's just the beginning, bro. Imagine in 10 years, you know, mm. fuck weird man it's 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 awesome to think and it's such a it just and that's why I love
0: working with you because it's just like you get that motivation and mm. just sort of the it just spurs me on to go even harder with it yeah. because the things that you're doing that I'm just learning from so much like your, blo- your beers and footy and you know we look at we always talk about people from the US you know like these basketball sports mm. you know Dave Portnoy and, yep. and these guys that have just been you know killing content mm. um worldwide one thing that is evident as well with with your story and it's a little bit different to where it's out in Victoria is this sort of I don't want to say, I don't want to say divide, but it's something it's different between uh, Commercial media and podcasting media in the NRL mm. and it's it's almost like from an outside perspective It's like this loyalty to look after you, you know, your mate sort of thing but also because a commercial media looks to sort of maybe report the bad stories of players like mm. It's getting to the stage now where a lot of players are actually, instead of doing the the, the feature with the Channel 7 or the Mm. feature with the Herald Sun or whatever it's called up here, they are actually coming to, you know, podcasting and stuff. Mm. And I'm starting to find that now with players too. They're saying, hey, like,
1: I've got a story, mate. I want to come tell it to you rather than someone else. Yep. No, absolutely. I think it's a, a worldwide kind of thing. I just think that, you know, the problem is with mainstream media is, 85% 85 percent or 90, whatever the percentage is, is just normal people trying to do their best. You know, it's just that it's that negative 10 percent where, you know, one day they're your best mate, the next day they're writing a shocking article that they know is not true or half true, They take a half truth and do this that, and I just think that a lot of people are, um, especially players, they just want to get the power back. You know, mm. for so many years the power has been out of their hands as to who they are portrayed as a person. And I think the beautiful thing about social media and podcasts is that that power is back in the player's hands. So, look, mainstream media still has its place and they do a lot of good stuff too. You know, so I do feel like some of the journalists get painted with the same brush. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's a player's right to decide how he is portrayed in the sense of like no longer does he have to rely on someone else to put across who he is there's no longer a middleman that can change things to an extreme because their business model is different the hard thing for a lot of media companies as well is like their business model is based on clicks and views so they have to go extreme in whatever they do big big part of bloke in a bar now is the
0: beer Mm. Talk me through that journey. You've got this media company. You're building this media empire this network
1: Where was where did it decide to go actually? Hey, let's create a beer out of this as well Um, It was always um, the plan to have my own products so the the issue I saw at the start of podcasting the biggest issue for any media company and also the biggest issue for any Company that sells a retail product. It's twofold Like the biggest issue for any company that sells a retail product is marketing it's the cost of marketing and getting your brand out there it is astronomical mm-hmm. like you would be blown away by the amount of money some huge like big companies pay just to keep something in your face all the time it's not even about the quality of the art it's just like we just need you to keep seeing it yeah um, so that's the any startup that is in the retail business that's their biggest issue is making people aware of um, their brand so I was always like what if I had a company that owned its own network and it was $0 to market. And then on the flip side, I was like, with the podcast, the biggest issue with podcasting, and you'd know this, is having to rely on sponsorship week in, week out. You know, you, you could go go on a hot run and all these sponsors are keen on you for six months. Mm. And then six months is like a dry spell. And you yeah. can go to them and go like, look, I can guarantee to sell you heaves. You'll get your money back. And still, the, the wheels turn so slowly that they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a look at it. And like a few months go by, nothing happens. And so you're aware that like, Getting sponsors on podcast is still extremely tough. And not only that, but the, these media networks
0: now as well, like podcasting platforms, they're taking 50%. Mm. That's what you know. a lot of these platforms do is they will bring you through, they offer you money, you think, fuck, that's a good deal, I'll sign yep. this. Yep. Not realising that they're actually taking all the money yep. and they're just using you as, a you know, you're getting
1: a little bit on the side. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, I, I don't even, I, I'm sure there is a place for them. Um, but if I any advice to podcasters coming through, like take care of your own stuff. You don't, you're gonna get better deals going to businesses yourself because they're gonna see you as a person. Um, you know, yeah, you're just not gonna. So, so the biggest issue with podcasting is is the the money. You know, like getting a regular income for a 12 month period. That that's a. You ask any podcaster. When I started, I was like, look, if you can pay me 80k a year, guarantee each year, I would be content for the rest of my life to do this. And that's and, and you know the the beautiful thing is we've managed to exceed that with the beer and that's great. But if someone said to me, and I'm sure you're the same, like if someone said to me, eighty k a year guarantee for the next fifty years, um, and you get to do this podcast, I would be like, life made happy, man. Happy as fucking anything. I get to do something I have a huge passion for. I don't. I'm not a person that needs, like, I don't even like. I lend my car to my employee. I fucking Ride those line bikes on the side of the road. Like, so I'm not a guy that you know gets a lot of enjoyment out of materialistic things. What I do get a lot of enjoyment out is seeing a positive change in the sporting community. Um, anyway, so I always thought like I never want to have to rely on sponsors. So if I have my own products then and they're selling well, I kill two birds with one stone. Mm. And that's where the, the beer came in. I was like, what would be the perfect, perfect thing for the demographic that listens to our the, be- the beautiful thing about what we've got set up is we had the, the customers before the product. The product yeah. So we can create the product for the customer. Um, and also like our tail of marketing, it can go, we have no end. It's $0 essentially. Um, whereas a lot of the beer companies, like eventually, the, let's say they have a $70 million spend. At the end of that $70 million spend, whatever people they've retained, that's what they got. That's okay. So let's say $70 million bought, $100 million worth of customers spending wise or whatever. But then also, how do you keep them long term? You know, you've got to keep spending money eventually um, to keep them. So it's just this like never ending cycle of spending money to to get customers. Whereas if you've got your own community that you're trying to build and give something good to, um, you keep them with the quality content, you know? So that was kind of the the brains behind uh, the, the beer and the
0: process of this like i wouldn't have i'm not just saying this and and you know before we partnered up it was one of my biggest things you know we we're saying we want to get a dylan friend's beer with bloke lager i was like well fuck, i've got to try these because yep. i i do like drinking beer mm. it is i'm not just saying this because it is a partnership but they are a beautiful drop mate yeah how, how did you like what's the process of doing
1: something like this so we got one of the best young brewers in the country. He speaks at Gab's Festivals. He's the head brewer at a certain brewery that's, you know, really well-respected and um, was blind taste testing. So he came with the initial recipe, like just small brew. And we got all its competitors and we got five blokes and two chicks or, or one um, girl, woman. And we poured out a beer each time in front of them. They didn't know what it was. They would sip it. They would write what they thought out of 10 and then comments, smooth, crisp, bitter, um, fruity, whatever. And so we just kept, like, we would get our results initially and then we would take it back, we'd change the recipe, bring it back, see if it got better. Take, and we did that four times. And even the last time, before I'd even put it in front of them, I sipped it and I was like, that's it. But the last time, it got the best ratings out of 10 overall and it got exactly what we wanted, which was smooth, crisp, easy drinking. And that's how you come with the recipe. Yeah,
0: it's super crispy. <laughs> I do. Uh, no, it's 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 something that, um yeah, like, I was always, you know, I love drinking beer Um, and I don't say that, like I have always liked it, you know, when like you first get into drinking when you're a kid, I'd always like beers but oh they are so good Like i hated, hated them hated i hated them, I younger, <laughs> I hated so, them so much i was
1: a vodka double smirnoff <laughs> with the Red Net.
0: Remember that? i just copped the beer i was like you know what i hate all alcohol if i'm gonna like get into it mm. i'm gonna just drink the beer because it'll be the worst thing mm. but um no it, it is a it is a ripper what's the
1: plans with the beer to come is there going to be more in the range like you're going to bring more out yeah, eventually. eventually is that the we'll goal mid-strength um you know, but we just got we have got the bottles to do still. Yeah. We got the mid strength that we want what's to do. What's what's the, the bottle gonna be like? Can you let um, us we've got the design. It's gonna be a clear bottle. Is it thin? Um, yeah, yeah, just like a normal standard. Normal standard. Yeah. Um and it'll be a clear bottle and basically like a bloke down the side, but just I just want to give the feeling of freshness, you know, mm-hmm. like summery vibe kind of thing. But it, the bottle will obviously be the same flavour as this this lager. Um, and then we've got a mid strength and they've got the mid strength, um uh, got the mid strength Bottle, and then also we're going to do we do limited edition stuff as well. We mm. got um, a partnership coming up with a big um, page that's going to be sick. But also, like during Origin, um, State of Origin for rugby league, we release like limited edition New South Wales, Queensland cans. Um, and so we're going to do cool stuff like that. So for example, we could do something with we Dylan should do friends. a Victorian one. We could, we could, we will, we will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for example, a Dylan friends one. Like let's fucking look into it. Hundred percent. Yeah, like, bro. We just keep the same the same flavor. It's a fucking great beer. Um, and I reckon we could make a mad Dylan Friends one, make the can like white or something and, and, and like the blue little face on the front. Even with that the, you know, on that? that's, uh, that's me actually. Oh, that's okay, a, sorry.
0: A, it's a male, yeah. Oh. yeah. I <laughs> thought I
1: was a little girl. No, well, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of people think that, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that.
0: Um, with the business side of things, I suppose, mm. like you look at your sporting career, you look at the, the media, the beer to come. Realistically, that's like a business, okay? Mm. Obviously it is. literally and figuratively. literally and think about (laughs) it It actually okay how much do you actually think about that now looking Mm. back from like the the triumphs and the hardships of your sporting career Mm. has helped with the business stuff now
1: um i mean yeah obviously i think i think sports such a a good way to teach a young person male or female about hardship about loss about working towards resilience About working towards something as a team. About understanding that sometimes you can work as hard as you want and you still can lose. Um, about the reward of how good it feels to work hard and, and receive something. Um, but to be honest, I think I learned the most from my dad. You know, my dad was—he was just a grinder. Like he yeah. always just—he always said to me, just just keep turning up, just keep turning. Up. It's that simple. Just turn up. Everything else will take care of itself. And it seems like such obvious advice, but. Think about in, in your own life, like how many times have you gone, yeah, fuck it, not, not going to do this, or I'm going to take a day off or whatever. Mm. And don't get me wrong, some people, you know, you do need a day off. But for example, like Bloke in a Bar, that hasn't missed a day off posting in like three years. Um, and even, even Bloke in a Bar's story is never empty, ever. It's never been empty. Um, and so just things like – the, they're the little things about consistency and just like no matter what, even no matter how bad it gets – the best thing to do is just keep turning up because you just you grind it back, you grind the win back. You just grind. You even if someone comes out with short term better content than you, you'll just beat them in the long run. Yeah, you just like every time, you know, someone's like, "Oh, you see this or that," and you know, they're going whatever. I'm like, yeah, mad. Like I'm happy for them. I'm stoked because I'm I'm of a um of the mind that there's plenty to eat for people. There's so much room. There's no need for a competition. But when someone does say like, "Oh, you're worried about this or that," I'm just saying, look. If they can outwork me for the next 20 years, fair play to them. Yep. Um, but I'm going to be here for the next 10, 20 years working. Unless I fucking ride off into the sunset and turn into like a hermit or something. <laughs> See me in five years, I've got a big beard. I can of nowhere. <laughs> it is true though, man. Like I think
0: like, exactly like you said, I really respect and I, I get that with the, the competition. Not mm-hmm. the competition, but you know, like people starting things and I always, you know, I've always got one eye on the competition. Mm-hmm. And that Definitely. was with yourself. Like I was always seeing your stuff and being like, fuck, this guy you know i was thinking <laughs> yeah, Fuck this guy who is this bloke oh, I? but then i was like well i can actually reach out and learn something here yeah, from him yeah. as well yeah um but yeah you're right it's like you've got to just back yourself in more that you're going to be able to trump that other than 100%. worry about something else because if you worry about
1: it it probably will happen it, if you sit there worrying about it a you're bringing in negative thoughts into your head there's like this negative thought of like man you know i want, i need to beat him i need to beat him but if you're just like for example even like goals and targets i know that most businesses do goals and targets and i know that like they're very important but for me personally like i didn't even look at goals and targets because i'm like i'm just going to go hard every day mm. and the goals whatever they are they're going to be as long as i know and have been honest with myself that i'm going hard every day they're, they're whatever they i can't do anything more than that yeah. um but also like competition is good like i think I don't know if it's this day and age or whatever. I, I know uh, like I always never, I never want to be the old guy that's like, you know, back in my day or whatever. I'm not, so I'm not, I don't know if that is the case these days, but I feel like there was a, there's been this kind of turn for competition is negative. Like it's seen as uh, you, you you can't compete with someone, but still be mates with them. You've mm. got to hate them or something. Yeah. Um, you know like we we joke all the time like with the spotify thing um you know going one and two like that's a competition tell yeah but if you win i'm like fuck good on ya it's whereas i just think that there's been a, some kind of with the extreme nature of the internet where we just seem to like the loudest voice gets recognized yeah. it's the same with it's like, it, this 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 um it's been like so it's muddied the waters of competition where you you have to hate someone to compete against them when when i was you know i I know this is saying back in my day but i was always taught competing against someone at the hardest you can compete and the hardest they can compete is one of the most honorable things you can do because it's like me and you against each other we go as hard as we can and then we shake hands at the end of it that Mm -hmm. was that was what I was always taught is one of the most honourable things you can do because it's two men or women having a crack and then in the you earn the respect of each other in that battle and then you shake hands at the end of it. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I feel like a lot of younger kids seem to think that you have to hate the enemy to defeat them or be defeated by them. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, I, I think the ultra competitive people, the people at the top, um, other than like Michael Jordan and that, which is a fucking sociopath, but... That's why we're so great. Yep. Um, you never put it this way. You never see a successful person being a hater. No, ever. You don't want to have
0: that. If you've got that thought coming to your brain mm. at the first thought, you got to wipe that. Because I had that. Yep. I hundred percent had that. Yep. We're we'll, we'll chatting about this, you know, off podcast. But yep. even when I was playing footy, you know, I'd, I'd you know, and I hate to even admit this, but I'd hate seeing my teammates go well because mm. I was like. Fuck, well, you know, if he goes, well, I'm not going to play. Mm. But then it fucking finally worked out. And I was like, well, do I really want him to be playing shit and then me come in and fix his spot? Or do absolutely. I want to be at my best and yeah. him be at his best and then me beat him? Yep. And that totally. that was when I was like,
1: fuck. That's the purest thing, you too. You know, I
0: was like, that I'm not really earning it if he's shit and like yeah. he's in a – it's it's different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I
0: think that was when I realised with that, I was like competition is so healthy, but so just – hope everyone's at the best because you if, if they're not and you are then
1: it's like you're not really winning anyway absolutely and as soon as they hit their form again you yeah, yeah um yeah i think i think competition is really healthy i think that a lot of young kids should be trying to get as competitive like not as competitive as they can be but being taught how to win and lose, win and lose. You're not going to win every battle. You no, just, man, I've, I've lost. So, I, I fucking lost so many myself. You know, I lose all the time. Like at the end of the day, I'm just some fuckwit having a crack. Yeah, that's, that's what it. No, honestly, it really you is. Are, and I'll, I'll emphasize, fuckwit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't need to. You didn't need to, but you did. You did. So there it is. It's on the table in between us. We're gonna have a naked wrestle after this. Oh, I look
0: forward to that, <laughs> um, mate. Just quickly, last bit on this. Getting involved with with this is something that I actually really sort of forgot to ask you before we mm. even got a partnership but how did you lost to my eyes or yeah how did we my nose in your fucking yeah, face. <laughs> yeah i think it was your nose <laughs> how did you get involved like what did you see i suppose in dylan friends and bloke in a bar like well, how did you see that transpired did you do your research did you ask people about me like mm. obviously you didn't wouldn't have known me from a bar so we're in different mm. states total different people mm. what was the process
1: like um you know i've always wanted a little brother and and so, that's actually really nice. Yeah, I just wanted a little brother. I'd be like, you know, good on ya well done. <laughs> uh, pinker, like, I cause I, like, my brother, he's the older brother. I yeah. didn't have a little brother. It's yeah. so, like hug you and like when you're crying <laughs> and upset, when <laughs> you're all upset and shit because you're getting bashed and that. I just want to be there for you. Um, and you and it seems to work out perfectly because you are my little brother. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe even my son. That actually is really <laughs> nice. Yeah, actually, that was a beautiful right. answer. Um, no, to be honest, I I just you know obviously I I'm a pretty good judge of character like and that's one thing I've been pretty successful at is is a judge of character like I can see someone speak for a few minutes and usually I can just for some reason I just get a, a good feeling or bad feeling from them and I just I saw that you were putting up the numbers so that wasn't that I didn't need to see that um, I just wanted to see you as a human being like do you have the same um, values as I do and I and I just assumed you did and I watched more and more and I just saw the way you carried yourself with your guests, your vulnerability but also um, your drive. Like a lot of people can mistake being vulnerable with being weak but you were actually strong enough to be vulnerable Mm. which it's actually a strength. Like being vulnerable in certain scenarios, it's actually much harder to do that than it is to not be vulnerable. Um, And I I loved the fact that you you had this really good work, I think, in crazy drive but you were also you have these principles of based around positivity, you know, honest, be a good bloke, try to get good messages out there, try to help other people, um, help the community. And I just, just related immediately. I just thought that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And so that's what drew me to Dylan friends. Also, like I messaged a few people in the AFL community and I just, was like, what's, um, you know, I just, just, just my, my, my informants, <laughs> like two or three of them. Um, but yeah, and they all come back with positive things. So, Honestly, it was just I saw that you were a good person. Really, that's that's the, the mate. If you could have the same numbers, and if you are a ship log, um, you know there were a certain like we didn't just look in AFL. Well, not we. I didn't just look in AFL. Looked in other areas, and there were certain people that you could argue had bigger this or that. Um, but with you, I just looked at someone that's like a good person, and I want to be a part of my brand because I'm looking to build. I'm looking to change the sporting community in australia period for the better long term um and i think you're the man that can do that i appreciate it, man and i, and I echo the exact uh, back
0: to you my friend you've you, you we've got a similar story same passion we're passionate about talent you know storytelling mm. getting the best out of people um listening you know you're empathetic but also you love having fun mm. and that was a big thing you know i i think that i'm still so early in my journey but sometimes i'm like i don't want to Focus so much on this But I still want people to know Like hey At the end of the day Let's fucking have some fun Absolutely Because like You've got to have fun man Like know. you know We can talk And I love Talking about positive messages But at the end of the day Like you can Talk about everything But if you don't go out And have fun That's You're not going to be using anything yeah, and, and I think that's why I love our partnership with, you know, with the beer, with the, the same network, the storytelling, the podcast and the vodcast and the live streaming, um, you're just a fucking go-getter. Mm. You are seriously a go-getter. If someone said to me, what's Den and Kemp like? I'd be like, Den and Kemp is the sort of guy that like wakes up and he's like, has an idea and he just fucking does it. Mm. And that's like what I want to be. Mm. So, um, mate, I'm so excited for what's next for us. I hope you've enjoyed coming on the podcast mate, as a guest. best podcast of my life. Thank you. You might be better than me. Might. I am. <laughs> well done my friend no honestly it's it's been it's been a pleasure and i seriously like for 90 percent of that forgot we were even um i know on the show i will tell be- you
1: what look, um, i don't want to break the news but we're going to do something together we'll yeah. do a podcast together we've yeah, already got the idea
0: we have we're not telling it though yet no no
1: no, no. Way. you know what we could because i don't think anyone could do it anyway no, but uh, it's a fucking great idea yeah it is let's, let's let's fully form it yeah and then and then um
0: Release it to the people, I reckon. Last question for the pod. What's next for Dan and Kemp,
1: Bloke in bar? Um, basically, you know, I, I want – obviously, your AFL, you know, I, I do a bit of rugby league, but I want to – with our partnership, I want to give you the resources to be as big as you can be. And I want – you because I believe that you're going to positively impact AFL. Um, and so in 12 months' time, I want us both to be seen as not the as, – as big players – in the game when it comes to sporting content um, in in both of our respective sports. I know you're going to lean heavily into a lot of sports, mm. um, but, yeah, for t- the, in the next 12 months, I want people to look at Bloke and a Bar the same way they look at Fox Sports as a network and not necessarily we don't do the same kind of content. We have a different kind of, I guess, thesis around what we're going to do. But, yeah, when people switch on their, you know, go to they, they've got a decision. They're going to turn on Fox Sports or Channel 9 or they go... When they mention networks, they go Fox sports, nine, bloke in a bar. That's, that's kind of the, the goal over the next 12 months is really to be seen as a positive sports network um, that's a genuine option for the sports community to come to and consume quality content that's going to bring happiness and positivity into everyone's lives. It's awesome, man. I can already see it
0: happening. Last thing as well, I was just thinking, if anyone in Victoria or even throughout the state, wants bloke in a bar in their pub or their mm. O's, anything like that how can is it possible how can we work absolutely that out? Yeah. so
1: we're in a thing called alm in in victoria yeah uh we also you could do it um straight through dennis at com. so if oh, not just, dennis yeah <laughs> not dennis he's uh <laughs> he's the guy he's the guy you speak to my employee um he's a character dennis a, said that you're he's you're his employee he, did he say that yeah that's something dennis would say it would be wrong but that's what he said <laughs> Um, just like you said, you were a better podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah, people okay, say stupid yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so Dennis dot com. Email him and he can sort out you getting um, blokenabar either a keg or cases to your um, bottle shop. But you know, as you know, you being based in Victoria, we're we're really big Queensland, New South Wales, and we're going to make a big push into Victoria. So get the beer on board because it's a quality beer. It is, man.
0: Thanks so much. Boom. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Denon, is it true you think you could have played AFL? Yeah, I think I could have. Where would you have played? My dad said I'd be a good midfielder. You're pretty, like, because for a league player, like, like, you're big, like, as in you're strong, mm. but you're not actually, like,
1: overly tall. What are you, 185? Um, well, I'm bigger than you. I'm taller that's, than you. That,
0: that doesn't... But I'm taller than that's you, That's pretty though.
1: small, though, I'm saying. Yeah, that well, I just said, so, like, you kind of made out like I was a big <laughs>
0: <kid>. <laughs> You basically call me a midget. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Friends, or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. If you liked the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends Podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conference's finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble.